Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. I'm glad you're here this morning. And I pray blessings over your 4th of July. Anybody ready for 4th of July? Are we going to be celebrating? Man. Be working. It's quiet, man. <laughs> I pray if you do celebrate it, man, that it'll be filled with joy, a lot of love, a lot of laughter, some good food, but also just some safety, man. I know the holidays, people get a little crazy. So I just pray that y'all would be okay. You'd have a good time. Today we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to be looking at a pivotal point in King Saul's life. If you know anything about Saul, um, he was came from the tribe of Benjamin. In Israel, there was 12 tribes, and Benjamin was the smallest of the tribes. And so sometimes you, you think, you know, you come from a small beginning, it's insignificant. But what you find is that Saul actually came from a great place of wealth and influence. His dad was Kish, and he was a man of great power, great influence, great wealth. And so he had a lot of good things in his life. And Saul was also described in the Bible as one of the most handsome men of Israel. And the word says that he was head and shoulders taller than anybody else. And I was like, Lord, you missed me with the height. I could so he stood out in a way that other people always took notice. And he became king when he was 30 years old. He reigned for 42 years. And after he was anointed, God gave him a new heart and filled him with the Holy Spirit to the point that he was prophesying. He was saying things of the God that other people took notice. They were blown away. You could tell that God's hand was on his life and the things that he was called to do. But what we're going to be picking up today is a moment that things change forever. And I think sometimes we can look at somebody else's life. I've been guilty of this and say, man, Lord, they got it pretty easy. Like I look at the difficulties of my situation. I'm like, Lord, if I came from that family, if I had that wealth, if I had those resources, man, I could be doing what they're doing too. My life wouldn't be as difficult as as hard as it is right now. But what you learn in life and the word of God is you can have everything and still not get it right. Just because you have all the resources doesn't guarantee success. And today's message is called, What is More Pleasing? You know, we're going to be looking at what is the most pleasing to the Lord versus what is always just available, what is always just possible. Because there's a huge difference between the things. And sometimes we just think oh, it's okay to do anything, but we don't realize it's not everything that God is asking us to do. So I want to pray for us as we receive this word from 1 Samuel chapter 15. Sure, bow your heads with me. Father, we just thank you for your word and just, man, how you use it to be an anchor in our life, to be a compass to guide us through different things that we encounter, how you use it to be a filter to strip off things that are not of you, to redirect us and realign us, Lord. We just come to you this morning asking for more of your guidance, more of your direction, more of your wisdom. That we will learn the difference between just doing things and doing things that you ask of us. As 
so Father, would you reveal to us what is most pleasing to you, not what other people think, or not even what we feel is best, but what you say is best and instruct us. And so Father, would you just work on our hearts? I pray that we would have a new heart if we need one, that you would just breathe new life into us, and we feel like we are suffocating. Whatever the case may be, Lord, would you just meet us where we are and take us to the place that we find ourselves doing better. So, Father, we just thank you and we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 15. Of course, we have the verses on the screen. This is in the Old Testament. And at this point, Saul has already been made king. He's already been king for a little while. He's already won some battles. Things are going pretty good for him. But there was a moment that God said, hey, I need you to go and take care of this. I want you to go and take care of these people. And I want you to clear everything out. And so Saul went and he did what he thought he was supposed to. But we're going to come to find out is he didn't do everything that he was supposed to. And that's where we're going to be picking up in chapter 15, starting at verse 10 through 12. And it reads this. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me. And refuses to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. And early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul and someone told him. Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. And then he went to Gilgad. In chapter 10, when you read 1 Samuel, you, you'll discover the prophet Samuel anointing Saul to be king. And the thing was, at the time, there was no king for God's chosen people for the Israelites. This is something the people went to Samuel, the prophet. He was also a priest. He was also a judge. He was the medium person that people went to to get life right and to do life with God. But the people went to Samuel and they said, hey, man, we know your sons are about to take over. And we look at the other people. They got kings. They look like they're doing well. Like, we don't want your sons to be in charge. We want a king. So Samuel went to God and he talked to God about this and God said, oh, grant them their wish, but they need to understand it's not going to be as good and as easy as they think it's going to be. It's not going to fix everything the way they want. So in chapter 10, we see that Samuel carries out God's word and the people's request. He anoints Saul to be king. He brings in all the tribes and all the people. They make it official. They make it legit. And things start going well. But then we see... Something isn't right no more. Saul is no longer being loyal or doing what he's supposed to. In fact, somebody told Samuel, hey, you looking for Saul, man? I know where he's at. He just went and did this monument to himself, and now he's headed over here. That's a red flag, right? It's one thing as a king, because a lot of kings, they have this perception that everybody's there to serve them. They're kind of narcissistic, you know what I'm saying? They're about themselves. But when you are a king for God's people, when you are chosen by God, when you have purpose for God, that's the last thing we should have in our life, right? Is that selfishness to make monuments to ourselves. So I'm sure when Samuel heard this news, he was like, oh, this boy that did something wrong. He, he's done messed up big time. And it leads me to one of the oldest lessons that we're taught in life. And it can easily be forgetting when we lose our focus sometimes on the things that are important. We're focusing on ourselves too much. And I want you to receive this and take this away this morning. Our choices affect more than just ourselves. Our choices affect more than just ourselves. Now, that's something we probably all heard at times, right? You'll realize what you're doing is hurting other people and stuff. 
And that's the first one when I was younger, I didn't really understand, I didn't get it. Because I thought in my mind, okay, I'm making these choices, so this is about me, okay? That's first up. Not bothering nobody else. If somebody that cares about me isn't present when I'm making these choices, then it's not affecting them. Because you have to be present when I'm making these decisions, when I'm doing these things for it to affect you the same way it's affecting me. But what you see is that's not the case. The reality is all of our choices go beyond the decisions of the person who made it. And we see that Saul's choices affected more than just him. Because who did they start off talking about? The Lord. The Lord was upset. The Lord was pretty angry. In fact, he said, man, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king. You can just hence the disappointment, the frustration. You can see kind of the anger that he's been bathing in and, and, and regret. I'm like, man, why did I let this look at this? It's made a mess. Saul doesn't even realize how it's affected God. See, that's the thing. Sometimes we don't realize the people that empower us, that give us positions, that give us titles, that choose us, are some of the people that we affect in this life. We also see that affecting Samuel, right? Says Samuel was crying all night to the Lord. He was pleading on his behalf. He didn't understand how could this happen. Sometimes we don't realize the people that support us, that are doing life with us, are being affected as well. And that's what we see. There's different levels of people that were getting affected by Saul's actions, and Saul doesn't even know. He's just living his best life. Our choices, it can affect those who choose us and empower us. Those who support us, who hate us. Have you ever heard that saying, a mother is always a mother? Even when their children grow up, they're still going to worry about them. They're still going to care about them. And you can say the same for a dad, right? They're like, dads always get left out the picture. But we care about our children, too. <laughs> we worry about them even when they're grown up. That's, you know, that's still my baby right there. That's my baby girl. That's my baby boy. We don't realize the impact that we have on people that care for us, that love us, and how our choices could touch them. And the older that I've gotten, the more that I've matured in my faith, the more that I've just matured in life, the greater I've seen that play out time and time again. I've heard a lot of people with choices that I've made that I thought I would have hurt anybody. I said, man, they're they not having to deal with these consequences. This is on me. But the reality was I didn't know the times they were praying and crying for me. I didn't know the times they were pleading on other people to go and speak to me and try to talk some sense into me. You never know who you're disappointing and who you're hurting with your choices and your actions. But don't let the absence of someone make you believe that it didn't affect you. Amen. Amen. You never know how what you did today can affect somebody you care about tomorrow. We have to be mindful of the choices and who it affects. But I want us to catch up now and see what happens when Samuel finally finds Saul. Let's move on to verse 13 through 15. It says, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him with cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I've carried out the Lord's commands. Then what is all this bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowering of cattle out here? Saul demanded. Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and goats and cattle, Saul admitted. But we were going to practice to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We destroyed everything else. So you see Saul's just like, hey, we did what we were supposed to do, right? 
He thought everything was good. They just won the battle. Not only that, man, I, I done came up on all some supplies. We got all these things. He said, I did what the Lord asked me to. The Lord wanted me to go and conquer his people. They done. We did it. And I'm sure he saw Samuel walking in. He was like, oh, man, that's my brother right there. He came right on time. We about to do sacrifices. Now he get him to do it. Blessings on you, brother. What's going on? And I did everything the Lord commanded me. He didn't realize the disappointment he did to God, to Samuel. You know something's wrong when people start bringing up something before you even ask them. You ever had that happen? Hey, I did what the Lord commanded me to. You're like, oh, no, I just came to say what's up. You know something ain't right sometimes. Usually when somebody starts to tell you something before you even ask the question, they usually already been wrestling with the decision they made. They've been thinking about it. And if you have to convince yourself that you made the right decision, there's a good chance you probably did it. You probably made the wrong one. Because that's the thing. When we make the right decision with the Lord, with God, you know what you're going to have attached to it? You're going to have peace. You're going to have relief. You're not going to stress and worry about the decisions you made. You might, a couple of days later, be thinking about it like, man, I don't know, but... Instantly, when you make that choice, you're not worried about nothing. Everything's good. But when you don't make the right decisions, man, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is going to mess with you. He's going to say, hey, hey, you can sit down and talk about what you just did because you don't realize the consequences that are ahead now. So we see that he's probably been wrestling with this. Samuel said, man, what is all this I've been hearing? What does Saul say? Okay, okay. Are you, you right. We did take some stuff, okay? But let me tell you what we're going to do with the stuff. I did it for your God. You already know that's a bit of stuff. You got to remember, right? Samuel's God is Saul's God, too. And that's the thing, church. Sometimes we lose sight of things and we try to justify things. We try to excuse things. And we try to do it so we can please somebody else to cover up our own mess. The truth is... You can't change the truth. You can't rearrange it in a way that isn't real. And I want us to read what Samuel ends up telling him this. Verse 16 through 19. It said, then Samuel said to Saul, stop. He said, just stop. That's enough talking. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. Samuel told him, although you might think little of yourself, or you're not the leader of the tribes of Israel, the Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? Samuel's telling him, look man, you can't pass off a lie as the truth. There's no covering it up. It don't matter how you dress it up. It's still wrong. You can't say you obeyed God when you really you obeyed yourself. When you're doing what you thought was best versus what you were told to do. Church, we got to learn that incomplete obedience is disobedience. It's not the same as I did what the Lord commanded me to do. No, it's not. Think about it when you're a kid, right? And your parents tell you, hey, you need to clean your room. You know, we all know this. If you were to hide stuff under the bed, you start putting stuff in the closet, 
They might walk in the room and it might look presentable, right? But it's not the same as the clean as they wanted it. And if they find all that stuff, what's going to happen? It's going to be your backside. But that's the thing, church. Incomplete obedience is still disobedience. Doing something halfway isn't the same as doing something fully all the way that he instructs. And Saul knew that. Samuel knew that Saul's perspective was affecting his obedience. So before we even talk more about obedience, I want us to talk about the perspective of all of us. I want you to take this away this morning. Your perspective, the way you view the situation, the way you view yourself, it doesn't change your responsibility. It doesn't change you. Just because you see things a certain way because you're looking at it, it's not going to change what's expected of you, what is asked of you. And Samuel told him, man, I know you don't think much of yourself, but aren't you the leader? Aren't you the king of Israel? Isn't everybody following your influence, your command, doing what you say to do? What kind of example are you being to them? That when the Lord instructs me to do something, I don't have to fully do it. I can just kind of do it and it'd be good enough. Sometimes we try to downplay our responsibility because we don't always see ourselves as other people do. And I'm guilty of this, right? I don't always wear a suit. I probably never wear a suit. A lot of times people are like, you a pastor? For real? But it doesn't change the fact that I am, right? Even if I don't always see myself as a pastor, I am a pastor. So that means I have a responsibility to carry myself as one. It's the same thing with my children. Just because my children are as a president doesn't mean that I'm not their father. That I don't have the responsibility of taking care of them, of pouring into their life, of disciplining them. You don't see my wife on stage, but I'm still married. I still got a responsibility to love and to care for her and to pour into her, to lead her well. We all have different sets of responsibilities. And just because you want to ignore them or you want to have a different view of what it might look like, it doesn't change what's asked of you or required of you. And that's the thing. Many people get themselves into trouble because they're doing what they feel is best instead of what is asked. And that's not the same, church. When our perception, our perspective is off, I mean, so is our discernment. So is our obedience going to be off. And discernment is like knowledge, man. You can never have enough of it. You know what discernment does? It helps you make sound decisions. It helps you clearly look at a situation. It helps you identify the, the reality of what's true and what's not true. So you can make an appropriate judgment. That's what discernment does. And when we lack it, man, it's going to be seen and it's going to be felt. Reminds me of when I was growing up. They, my dad would always tell me this. He said, son, I need you to understand. Common sense is not that common. That's the truth. Common sense is not that common. When we lack discernment, the ability to identify these things, man, we're going to increase our chances of getting things wrong. Having the wrong perspective is going to give you the wrong discernment, which is probably going to lead you to making the wrong choices, the wrong decisions. Just because however you view yourself or your situation is not going to change what's required of you. Just because I don't see myself as a pastor at times, just because I don't see myself as an old man, it don't change I'm getting old. It don't change I'm a pastor. It don't change I got some responsibilities and I got to be mindful of how I'm carrying and handling myself outside of this room. 
Not just at my house. Not just in public, but in everything that I'm doing. Your perspective makes a difference between handling it well or making a mess of the situation. Because what happened with Saul? He thought he was doing okay. He was, I did this for the Lord. I did this for you. And we see the Lord is upset. Because that ain't what he asked. Let's continue. Let's go to verse 20. Let's look what Saul says next. Saul tells Samuel, but I did obey the Lord. Saul insists. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back the king, Agag, and I destroyed everybody else. And then my troops brought the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, in Gilead. Again, we see it twice. He's already said, your God. Forgetting that he got an answer to the same God. That's got to be his God, too. He's got to be mindful of who's impacting. And Samuel just told him, man, God instructs you to destroy everything. He didn't say take anything back to the house. Partial obedience is incomplete obedience. And unless you set the expectations, we don't have the authority to change them. We can't make it however we want to. We got to do whatever thing that was been asked, especially when God is the one instructing you. You're either going to do what you're asked or you're not. And doing it halfway doesn't make it done at all. I want you to take this away finally this morning. Good intentions are never greater than complete obedience. Good intentions are never greater than complete obedience. They might feel similar, but they are not the same. Now, there's a time and a place that God will allow you to improvise. You know how it is at work, right? They give you an assignment. Sometimes they say, hey, we just need to get this job done. I don't care how you do it. Okay. Now you've got some room to do things a different way. But if your boss told you, hey, I need you to get this done, and this is how I want it done, what's going to happen if you don't do it the way they want it? You're going to be in trouble, right? Even though if it got done. It doesn't matter how you frame it or dress it up. Wrong is always going to be wrong. And not even good intentions could have changed that. We can't just do what we think we feel is best versus what God asked us to do. And I really feel like that's probably one of the problems we as believers and have the church have today. It's because we see God do some amazing things in our life. And automatically we think, man, I got I to gotta get back to the Lord. He's been good to me. I got to do some things so that way he can see how I love him, how I honor him. And we start doing all these things that God never even asked us to do. We start getting ourselves in all type of things. And as a pastor, that's real easy to get caught up on because I love everybody and I want to see God work in everybody's life. But I have to be mindful that that isn't always what God is asking me to do. Because I could be out every day of the week. I could be traveling all the time. I could be going places. I could be like, look, Lord, look at everything I sacrificed for you. Did you just see what I just did for you, Lord? Aren't you pleased? Aren't you happy with me? The whole time God is frustrated. He's mad. He's like, boy, you don't see who you hurt? I didn't tell you to do that. Your wife is struggling. Your family is struggling. And here you are, attaching my name to everything and saying, look at God. Look at God. And believers do that. A lot of times we think, you know what? I'm going to go start this new ministry because I'm going to show what God has done in my life. And God didn't say to go do that. You know, I joke around a lot of times about rapping, right? That was really my thing, man. Music, I loved it so much. And 
I became a Christian, say, Pastor, how come you don't just do some albums? How come you don't go back into it? And I say, man, very simple. The Lord didn't tell me to. I can't just do things because they're available to me because I have the opportunity. I got to do what's pleasing to him, what he's asking of me. Because all the good things that are out there aren't always the God things that he wants for me. I might not understand how that's going to become an idol in my life and keep me from him. How it's going to mess me up. And that's the thing. A lot of people are like, but I test God's name to this. I went and did this outreach in the name of the Lord. People came to know Jesus. Man, that's wonderful. That's awesome. But is it what's most pleasing to God right now? Is it what he asked you to do or something you thought was best? Because we just see, right, with Saul, he was upset. When Saul did what he thought was best versus what God asked him to do. Good intentions aren't the same as complete obedience. And I want us to read what Samuel finally tells him after this. Verse 22. But Samuel replied, what is most pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of fat rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. <clears throat> Samuel said, man, if you really want to do something for God, be submissive, be obedient. That's how you can repay him back. Because the truth is, it don't matter what we do, it's never going to be enough for what he's done in our life or what he's going to do. God never looks at us and says, hey, I need you to go do all these things and then come talk to me and then we'll figure some things out. He says, no. I need you to lay down your life so I can do life with you. That's what I want you to do. I want you to include me in your life and quit excluding me in all the things. And that's good news for us, church. That we don't have to pay him back for all he's done for us in our life. That all he's asking is that we include him and we simply do what he has. The rest of the stuff will take care of itself. We can't follow his instructions and then try to rewrite them how we see fit. But what we think is best. When we do this, we're doing the very thing that Samuel warned him about. He said rebellion is as simple as witchcraft. <coughs> That's what you do. When you do things your way, you're rebelling to what God asked you to do. And guess what? He's not happy. We always think of God in all these loving terms. Man, God used to be pretty gangster. He still is. <laughs> if you really read the Old Testament, he used to wipe people out. He used to say, oh, okay, you think you're going to do what you want to do? Okay, go ahead. Watch how you got Watch what's going to happen to your family. Watch how I'm going to get rid of you completely. We're going to just try to start this all over. You have a lot of grace and mercy nowadays. And that's something to be thankful for. But we have to realize we got to do things his way. That the opposite of that is rebellion. The opposite of that is just as simple as things that we know are sinful. And sometimes that stubbornness that we have. Of thinking, ah, I think the Lord will really like this. And the Lord's like, nah, I really want you to do what I'm asking you. We have to realize the difference between them. We have to start walking in obedience so that way we don't find ourselves like Saul and get rejected from the very thing that God wanted us to do. So this is my challenge for all of us this week. 
Church, I want us to grow in obedience. Grow in obedience. Let's be people who hear from the Lord and check it out. Do what he says. How many times do your parents tell you, man, if you would just do what I told you, your life would be so much easier. The Lord is saying the same thing. If you would just do what I told you to do, you wouldn't have all these extra problems that keep coming up because you won't do it your way. What we talk about, church, we could be like Saul. We could have the wealth. We could have the influence. We could have the family. We could have the, the, the looks. We could have the height. We can have all the things we believe we need to be successful and still get it all messed up. Because what's more powerful than having those resources is our response and our obedience. And we have to be mindful of the things that we're doing are affecting more than just ourselves. It's affecting a lot of people. Some people you are never even going to know how you touched their life because they didn't go and tell you about it. But you impacted them. You changed them. That's something I learned a long time ago being in jail. People telling me how I impacted their life. And I'm like, dang, you live here with me. That's, that's probably not good. We live in a world where people lack acknowledging responsibility because they lack accountability. We got to learn to invite accountability into our life. So that way we can say, okay, you know what? I messed this one up, but help me get it right, Lord. That's the reason we need community. That's the reason we need church. That's the reason I share things with y'all sometimes from this pulpit, but also in person and private. Because I need accountability too. Nobody's excused from it. Bless you, bless you. We all need to grow in obedience. And for all of us, that looks different. But when we do that, man, there's such a blessing that comes attached to that. That is greater than things you're trying to do by yourself. Trying to do your own way. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you that we can mess up things 99 times and you still aren't going to turn on us. Father, I just ask for forgiveness for just our rebellion and our stubborn hearts at times. For taking something that was pure, that you gifted to us and messing it all up because we thought of a different way to do it. We believe we had a better way. We believe we were serving you with it. And the whole time we were serving ourselves. Father, I just pray that you would grant us the wisdom to see the difference. That you would pour out double portions of your discernment in our lives. So we can identify when we are taking the wrong step. Before we start making monuments to ourselves. Father, you are the one that gets the credit and gets the glory. And sometimes we get so caught up in the beautiful things that you allow us to to the experience with you, Lord, that we started looking to create those without you. So, Father, I just ask for your forgiveness, but also for your guidance, that we would be people of great obedience, that that would be what we pass on to our friends, to our families, to our children, to strangers, Lord. We would pass on your love and the blessing of, of obeying you. So, Father, we just ask that you would continue to meet with us this morning. That if there's somebody here in the need of deliverance, Father, from doing things their own way, Lord, that today would be the day they would be delivered. That there's somebody here that doesn't have a relationship with you, today would be the day that they enter a relationship with you. Yes. You tell us in your word that all we got to do is believe in our heart that your son died for us. That if we declare with our mouth that we can be forgiven, that we can start things clean and move forward with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that if there's somebody here that needs to move forward with you, they would quit putting it off and today would be that day.
And today will be the day of salvation. That at the end of our life, people will look back on us like we look at Thomas saying, man, well done, good and faithful servant. Help us live a life that honors you, but also pours out and blesses others. Father, we just thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your constant showering of your grace and mercy. I put it up with such, uh, man, pain in the butts a lot of times. We just thank you, Lord, for being you, allowing us to do life with you. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.